Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. So we are currently in a sermon series that we called I Am. And in this sermon series, it goes about the person of Jesus Christ himself. John the Apostle put a lot of work and a lot of effort in to actually write down all the works and all the wonders and all the teaching that Jesus did so we would get to know who he is. And our prayer as a team was the whole time leading up to the sermon series that through it we would all get to know the person of Jesus Christ a bit more and also that through this sermon series we would actually know a bit more of what we are meant to do what Jesus as the person has to do with our life personally. So this is our prayer. Today's sermon is about the statement, Jesus, I am the gate. So let's read together John 10. We start from the beginning. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Three weeks ago, I went shopping with my children in Little Hampton at the fruit and veg shop. And usually when I go in there, I get one of these really big cardboard boxes and I fill up all the veggies and all the fruit in it. And that's how I just carry them home. And so I don't know if you have kids or not, but in my family, every single thing seems to be a competition. So the second we got home, the competition was on of who is first in our house, and the race began. So in were the boys, and the dogs were going crazy. We were even dog-sitting too, so we had two at the time. (laughs) Here comes mommy with the box, and then Cassie came, and then my little one started screaming and crying because she was about to enter last. And I had a mummy moment. I turned around and I said, and not maybe such a nice mom's voice, Cassie, just come on. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just get inside. And in this moment, I don't know what happened. I think I must have fallen over the dog. I don't actually was yes. And I had the box in my hand and I just landed on my bum and my foot went straight through the door, through the glass. So there was class everywhere, blood legit everywhere, kids screaming, dogs going crazy, and I was lying on the floor in a blood puddle. I am fixed up, thanks to a great doctor inside your congregation, 
And um, a week after this whole story, I opened up my sermon title and it said, I am the door. And I sat down and I started laughing and then I thought to myself, I praise you, Jesus, that this door is safe. Amen. <laughs> so to be honest, I had a few full-on weeks lately. Even in the last week, my dear grandfather, who was a very um, example, a big example in my life and I would call a spiritual leader in our whole family, went to be with the Lord and this week was the funeral. And grief can sometimes paralyze, can't I? So I, I'm honest right now, I actually really struggle to put the sermon together this week. But as I was sitting down and as I was praying, I really heard the Lord almost saying to me, Leona, I am the gate. You're not. I'm the gate. And I was sitting there and I was like, amen, amen. So may it just all be about him right now. May he be the gate today in all we learn. So this parable we just read before is quite a prophetic picture of Jesus' death. And we must go through him. To be saved. But before we look at this, we, I think, need to do a little bit more homework to understand of what Jesus meant by it all. We look a tiny bit at farming, which I usually don't have a lot of idea about. And we also look at the culture of Jesus' time a bit, just to see what it was like. So first, let's look at the animal. Let's look at the sheep. We see them most days here in the Adelaide Hills. If you drive around, you see a lot of sheep on the fields. And of all tamed animals, sheep are the most helpless. Sheep spend their entire day just standing on the grass and grazing around and eating and eating and hardly ever looking up. So they are so focused on their eating that they often actually get lost because they don't look up. They don't have an instinct to know where they are. So if the flock is over there and one sheep is lost over here, it doesn't actually have the ability to think, wow, I just need to walk over there and I'm safe again. So sheep get easily lost. Sheep are also followers. If the lead sheep jumps off a cliff of a mountain, the rest will follow. They will just jump too. Sheep are easily attacked. If a wolf comes, it would make sense that sheep would just gather around, like to spread out, but they don't. They huddle together in a group. And they all sit really tightly, closely together, so they're just really easily attacked. And sheep can't also swim. They don't like running water, so they only drink out of still waters. And this is also why David said in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Sheep in the Bible represent God's people. In Psalm 100, it says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. The Bible even refers Jesus, to Jesus as the Lamb of God. Jesus told Peter to feed His sheep. And who were the first creatures who heard about the birth of our Lord? the shepherd and the sheep on the field. And some commentaries say that the sheep on that field actually present humanity. That's sheep. So what did a sheep gate look like at the time of Jesus? So there were two different types of sheep gate. The first type of sheep gate was a city pen, I would say, where the sheep all gathered in. 
And, and what happened there was that in the evening, all the sheep from all directions would just come and all the sheep would be led in. And in the next, the next morning, the shepherd would come again and he would call out and the sheep would know his voice and they would come out and follow him. And so the shepherd had his flock again. The second pen that was around on Jesus' time is this what you can see here in the picture. Those were those sheep pens that were more on the countryside, out and about, and the shepherds were just walking in the fields. And at night, they put all the sheep inside it. And the shepherd himself was actually the gate. So the shepherds slept in front of where you can see this entrance. And the shepherd was the gate to the sheep. So in those two examples that I just read out before about this Bible passage. Christ makes himself to be both the door by which the shepherd enters and the shepherd that enters the door. And why is he doing this? Because Christ is the door. I come from Germany and I love different cultures and it is sometimes pretty difficult to bring a message across to people in a different culture. And I'm absolutely amazed how Jesus did it here in this passage. Because in one example, he spoke to the Jewish people who believed they were the only or the right sheep. And he also spoke to the Pharisees who believed that they are the true shepherds. And each of them actually had a great example in the story. It's just amazing. So Jesus is the door of the sheep. He says in verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus reminds those people he spoke to immediately of the shepherd lying in front of it as like in front of the gate. There is the gate. And I believe that Jesus in this moment, he promises us as well that he is, by saying he is the gate, that he is our protection and that he, he will keep us safe. And he is the door in which we can enter his presence. So if you walk through the door and if you accept Jesus in your life, he promises that you are safe. And you can be confident that he has you in your hands no matter where you are. And no matter what hardship you may go through. There's a psalm, it's Psalm 118 in the Old Testament, and it is quite a prophetic psalm. We believe that David wrote the psalm. And it was a very well respected psalm at this time. And when Jesus was alive and walking around this earth, Peter, his disciple, actually used it later in Acts and, and stated this Psalm 118 and said, see, it was already prophesied in this psalm that Jesus was the gate. So listen to this, what he, David said. He said, open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. David already announced in the Old Testament that Jesus will be our gate. I love how the Bible puts always the puzzle pieces together. Don't you love it? So then it says in our text that they can come in and go out and find pasture. So being part of his flock, it means that we are safe. And we can go in and go out. And in this going in and out in this text means a bit like the daily life of the sheep. They went in and they went out. And this is us. We go to work. We raise our children. We meet people. We have coffee. We have conversations. We are out. And Jesus' promise to us is that we are his. If we are his sheep, we are his. And no matter where we are, we will have his protection. 
you will find his pasture. We can go wherever we will be here in this world. We are his, and he's got us. He gave us actually a promise in John 10, 29, where he says, as long as we are his, if we make a decision that he's our gay, that no one can snatch us out of his hand. What a promise. It's amazing. Just love it. So if we walk through the door, he will give us this place of rest. Jesus is also the door of the shepherds. The Pharisees at the time, they knew the Torah. They studied it. They knew it off by heart. And they were waiting for their king. So when Jesus talked to them in this moment, it was so confronting. What he pretty much said to them is like, you listen, you Pharisees. If you don't walk through this gate, pretty much through me, yourself, you are actually those robbers and thieves. You are preaching the truth without even having walked through the gate. How confronting would that have been to those guys standing there and listening to Jesus? Jesus is the door for the shepherds today too. And it means that if you haven't first entered by the gate, you can't be accepted as one of his shepherds. Very confronting. So only by recognizing that Jesus is the Son of God and by preaching the truth, he is accepting us to be his shepherd. I think this will be something I will reflect upon hopefully my whole life. And there are so many voices that we think are the right shepherds often. And they believe their way is the highway and the only way. And even in churches. Even probably here. <laughs> you know, sing like this, do this. Communion should be done like this or a different way or whatever, right? So often we just think, all right, this is the way we should go. And I'm not saying we cannot have opinions, but can I just say that what Jesus teaches us is enough? It's all about him. There is a promise that once you are a sheep, you will become a shepherd. First Peter 2.9 says, we are a priesthood for all believers. In First Peter 2.5 it says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And later it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is who you are if you believe in Jesus. You are a shepherd to others, as long as Jesus is your gate. So what has all of this got to do with us today? And as I was reflecting upon this question this week, one thought I had the whole time, and it was like, how do we know his voice? How do I? How do I know his voice? So I want to talk to those, and I don't know if there's anybody here today or even to you online if you listen to it later. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, if Jesus is not your gate yet, I, I would think that you agree with me that most people in this world, most humans, are searching for a higher meaning in life. There are 12 major religions in this world at the moment, world religions, and there is about 4,300 other religious beliefs that people try to follow. And the vast majority is trying to find a place called heaven. I wrote a few down here right now, so they will come up now. The first one I want to mention is atheism, because we do live in a culture where atheism is pretty big. 
They don't believe that an afterlife exists, and after death, people simply cease to exist. But other religions, like Buddhism, Buddhists also believe that heaven or nirvana is to be rejoined in spirit with God. Reaching nirvana, a transcendental, blissful spiritual state, requires following the Eightfold Path. This includes understanding the universe and acting, speaking, and living in the right manner and with the right intentions. Mastering these and the other of the eight paths will return a worshipper spirit to God. Hinduism is similar to Buddhism. Salvation is reached when the worshipper is freed from the cycle of reincarnation and his spirit becomes one with God. One becomes free by ridding oneself of bad karma, the effect of evil action or evil intent. This can be done in three different ways. Through selfless devotion, to and service of a particular God, through understanding the nature of the universe, or by mastering the actions needed to fully appease the gods. And lastly, Islam. Islam is the takeoff of the Christian Judeo God. Muslims believe salvation comes to those who obey Allah sufficiently, their good deeds outweigh the bad. Muslims hope that repeating what Muhammad did and said will be enough to get to heaven. But they also recite extra prayers, fast, go on pilgrimages, and perform good works in hope for tipping the scales. Martyrdom in service to Allah is the only work guaranteed to send a worshiper to paradise. So if you listen to this sermon here today and you do not know his voice and you haven't gone through this gate, I want to say to you this, that Christianity is the only religion in this world that actually claims that we know the only way. And that there is only one way. And this person is called Jesus Christ. And this message can come across as very selfish, as very arrogant, and as very proud. But Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. You may say, how selfish is it from a God to let so many people who follow other religions, and they may even be really, really good people, not come to heaven? How intolerant is this God to only create one way to heaven? I don't know about you, but I certainly was in conversations like this before. But only Christianity teaches that salvation is a free gift. It is a free gift. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God and not a result of works, so that no one can boast. No amount of work or effort that you or I can do will ever get us to heaven. And God knew this. He knows me, and he knows you. He knows you. And this is also why God... Like, if you have a pure essence, and you mix a pure essence with an essence that is a bit poisoned, if a holy God would come and would mix with sinful people, the nature would be that his holiness would not be holy anymore. So the only way how God could do it was to send his son Jesus. And this is also why Jesus was the only way to heaven. Because only Jesus was 100% God, 100% man, and 100% without sin. And what happened when Jesus died on the cross? Sin actually sinned. Sin had not the right, death had not the right to take a man who had never sinned. 
And in this moment, when this happened, there was the moment when Jesus himself defeated death. And this is why Jesus, with all confidence, because of who he was and because he knew of the things he was about to do and about to step into, could say that I am the gate. I am the gate. So if you don't believe in him, it's like you're trying to enter this pen without the gate. It doesn't matter how much you try through other religions or through mindfulness or through whatever you try and do. You won't be able to enter the peace that the Lord would promise us, even here on earth. But you can enter this gate through faith. And you can experience the freedom we have in Christ. You can experience the everlasting acceptance and love and peace. And you can experience his righteousness. Jesus said in John 17 verse 3, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus whom you've sent. Isn't that amazing? And what does this passage mean to you who are sheep? You made the decision in your life at some point and you said, yes, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I invite you into my life. I want to follow you. I will walk through this gate. What does it mean to you? Firstly, the promise that you will enter the pen through the gate, through Christ. But what does it mean for you to know his voice? I want to say, be in a relationship with him. Be in a relationship with him. Know his voice. Let's read again the verses 2 to 5. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd to the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. What does it mean to know his voice? We read in 1 Samuel 3 how Samuel heard the audible voice of God. And he didn't get that it was the Lord. It took him a few times. And then Eli reminded him and said, oh, maybe go back. Maybe shout out. I think it's the Lord. I don't know why the Lord doesn't choose to use his audible voice a lot. But for some reason, he doesn't. But we have something that Samuel didn't have back then. Not as such. We have this here. So if you have been to church for many, many years and you will be like, oh, all right, okay, thanks, Leona, here comes the quick and fix answer again. But can I say to you, this is his word. We have actually something physical in this world right now where the Lord tries to explain himself to us that we can get to know him. So are we reading it? Are we studying it? Are we taking this serious? Are we letting this shape our life? Are we getting to know him more through this? It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that a man may be complete, equipped for every good work. Are we holding this book in our hand and reading it? Most of you know that I'm married to Josh. He's here now. So now I can point to you. And we've been married for almost 12 years and lived through many ups and downs. If a stranger would not come to me and tell me a story that Josh would have said something, what would I do? I would listen 
I would discern, I would reflect, and I think I would know if Josh said it or not. And why do you think I would know that I, if Josh said it or not? Because I know him. I've spent so much time with him. And I long to get to know him better each day. It's the same. It's the same with our Lord. You will be able to discern if a truth or a lie is being told. If you know your Lord, your Father. You will be able to discern if someone has the right intentions or not. The Borner Group in the US, and this is fascinating, the Borner Group in the US reported that the average strong Christian, we are talking about strong followers of Jesus Christ, millennial people, consume up to 3,000 hours of social media per year. Only 150 hours of those are with Christian input. That's a quarter of a year on social media. We're talking about Jesus', Jesus followers on earth right now. Add sleep to it and you don't have a lot of time left. It's just crazy. Sheep are known to follow their leader no matter how foolish they may be. Like sheep, human beings are naive and often unwary when following an objective and a charismatic leader promising some fantastic ideas. Do you know his voice? Will we recognize the wolves of today's time? Do we fill our minds with more skepticism or with more confidence? Do you fill more, your minds with more fear and doubts or with, or with more faith? Do we fill it with the truth, what's written in here, and with prayer? Or do we actually need to start and work through some addictions we may have in our life? And if you do, I would love to see you after and I would love to pray for you. Know his voice. Know his voice. If you believe in Jesus, it means that you have an accountability to lead others to the gate too. He who enters through the door is the shepherd to the sheep. If we follow Jesus and go the narrow path, you will lead others to the gate too. Are you willing to lead others to the gate? Are you available to be used by God? Are you including him in your daily life? Are we willing to do what Jesus asks of us, which he said in Matthew 16, 24? If anyone come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I want to tell you two stories and I, those two stories are close to my heart because especially the first one shaped my walk with Jesus a lot in my life. There are two stories where I seriously felt the prompting of the Spirit, but only in one story was I obedient to listen to it and to choose the gate. A friend of mine was born blind, and she prayed her whole life for a miracle that God would heal her eyesight. And I prayed quietly for her too. And I always asked the Lord, and I said, Lord, if the time comes when you want me to go and pray for her, can you let me know? Can you just tell me, please? And the time came. I was at a youth service, and I had the blessing that the Spirit came in. I don't know if you had experienced one, but it was, amazing. it was like a warmth running through my body, and I started shaking, and I knew the Lord was speaking to me, and I knew he asked me to go and pray for her. I just knew. And I didn't do it. I didn't. 
So I know that the Lord doesn't need me to heal my friend's eyesight. Amen? I know he can't do it in 10, 50,000 other ways. He doesn't need me. He could do it just right now, right here while I'm talking. I know this. But this story was a massive lesson for me in my life about obedience or disobedience. The second story is, it was a week before Christmas and I was at the airport of London, London Heathrow. And those of you who know Europe know that London is not the airport to be at. No one likes Heathrow Airport. <laughs> it's a foggy place and the planes never take off. It's chaos. And, and you just always clap and you can finally leave actually the island. <laughs> and it gets you out of it to the continent again. So, so it was a day like this. It was snowing. It was foggy. And one, pl one plane after the other was just cancelled. One flight was cancelled after the other. And there was a guy standing on the other side of the hall. And I saw him. And I really felt the prompting that I should go and talk to him. So I was in England. And I walked up to him and I started speaking German. Don't ask me why. I did. And I said, I, in German, are you flying to Frankfurt? And he said, yes, I am. And then he teared up. And then he said, it's my, it's my sister's wedding this afternoon. I need to get there. If there is any higher power that exists in this world, he is about to, he should prove it now to me. And I started talking and I said, you know what, I know Jesus. And you know when you sometimes talk and you talk with a confidence that isn't from you, you start talking and then you're like, oh God, oh, what did I just say? <laughs> it was a moment like this. I, I started talking and I said to him, you know what, I believe in Jesus. And let me pray right now, and I promise you our flight will go. I said, <laughs> and I prayed. And I said, Jesus, you are the Lord of Lords. You see this man right now, and he asks you to prove that you exist. Can we go? And I kid you not, the world was full of all the flights, and every single flight said canceled. But our flight said go to gate go to gate. As I remember the story this week, I, it actually brought tears to my eyes. Because even back then when I read go to gate, I didn't click. <laughs> this week I clicked. Isn't it amazing? We entered the aircraft and guess what? Who sat next to me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I had the whole hour, it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something to Frankfurt. I had this one hour and 20 minutes time to tell him the gospel. And I sadly didn't have a Bible with me, but I had the book, The Heavenly Man. So I wrote something nice in it, and I gave it to him, and I have never seen or heard of him ever again. But I am excited. I am actually, I fully believe he is a sheep, and he's also a shepherd now to other people. And I cannot wait to meet him in heaven one day. What a joy there will be, eh, when we're finally up there with him <laughs> and meeting those. Amen. The blessing of hearing and recognizing his voice and the prompting of his spirit and what I can do. Bent, you can come up. So what, what does the gate promise us? The gate provides for us. It promises us insurance, assurance. It promises us deep trust. It promises to be our foundation, hope, knowing and understanding of everlasting love. Jesus promises us that he will give us his spirit inside, that we will have his Holy Spirit. In James 1.5, it says that when we pray for wisdom, he will give it to us. Hebrews 10 says that he will sprinkle our hearts clean from all evil conscience. He promises rest, peace, and he promises us security. 
Psalm 91, many of us know, says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then it goes on and it says, You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the error that flies by day. Jesus promised us to know his voice if we choose him in the gate. And he promises us that he will protect us by our day in and day out as we leave and as we come back. Whatever we do in this world, he promises us that he is with us. Because outside of that pen is a pretty dangerous place when it's dark. But inside the pen, when the darkness comes, we find peace and we find hope. So God provided everything for us that he could. He provided with a gate a way for us to all eternity. And he also provided with a gate a way for us to enter his presence here on earth today. And it's up to us. It's up to us what we do with that. So Jesus is not only a gate. I truly believe that Jesus is the gate. And that Jesus is the gate to the Father for us to have eternal life. And I want to invite you to walk through this gate. If you've never made the decision, I want to invite you to welcome Jesus in your life and to choose him as your gate. And if you are a sheep, I want to invite you to keep on choosing the gate in your daily life. Know his voice. Get to know his voice better. Think about how you fill your minds. Think about what you need to give up. How you need to restructure your life maybe to get to know his voice more. Are we choosing to walk through this gate? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, You can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.